This message was recorded in a live service at Christian Life Church in Waco, Texas. We are always excited to know we can share the Word of God with people around the world. If God has blessed you through one of our podcasts, please share your story with us at connect.clcwaco.org. We hope that the following message has blessed your life as it has ours. Thank you for tuning in. Wednesday night services anymore, but these first Wednesday worship services are a service where we come in and we basically abandon all. We don't care if it's too wild. We don't care if it's whatever. We just worship God. It is that monthly opportunity to come in, lay yourself in worship at the, at the altar of Jesus and worshiping him. And I just, I just, I just you, you've heard us talk about it a couple times today. Man, I just recommend you guys come and bring a friend this Wednesday night because it's going to be awesome. I, 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 like I said, I, I know some stuff you don't know, and I know so that we're going to have some stuff going on here Wednesday night that's never been done here at Christian Life Church. And so we're pretty pumped about it. You don't want to miss it. Brand new stuff coming up. Now let's get to the Word. Y'all ready for that? Amen. Well, this week we're finishing up, and, and, and we're, we're, if, if you haven't gotten the, the last uh, three weeks, you can get those if you like. We can get those for you, the, the handouts for those, so that you can study this. And we're going into small groups and all that type of stuff. Man, you can use these, these handouts to actually lead small group also if you're needing, needing curriculum for that. But last week we finished up on a scripture in John 8, chapter 31, or, or chapter 8, verse 31. And it reads like this. It said, Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus said this. When Jesus speaks, we listen, right? That's all the word of God, but people like that red letter stuff. But listen to this. Jesus said, if you, what does it say? Now, come on. Let's say that a little bit louder. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Now, we skate over this passage of Scripture just like we skate over so many because we've, we've heard them over and over and over again. But I, I, I want to I just reiterate the importance of this. This is a powerful Scripture in the Bible. He's telling us to hold on to his word. Hold on to his teachings. This week I was, I was talking to my wife and I said, you know what? This is something we do. We take a stand for things and, and, and so, many take a, so many people take a stand on what they're against. What if we started taking a stand on what we're for instead? You see, I, I, I'm tired of everybody telling me what they're against because it's, not, it's, it's counterproductive, right? When we tell people, well, I'm against that, we see something going, go on in, in, in society and in social places, and, and we see something, we just, we, and the first thing we do is like, well, well, that's wrong, right? What if instead we said, this is God's answer for it, and we stand up for the things that God has told us instead of standing against things. I'm convinced that Christians stand against things so often because they don't really know their word and they don't really realize that the word is telling them what God is for more than it's telling them what he's against. This is an important, this is a huge thing. And as Christians, we have to know what God's stance is on issues such as, such as well, that we see going on in society today. So, so we're focusing today on holding on to God's word. How many of you guys know that his word never changes? His word never changes. A lot of times you, you talk to people or you trust in people and, and the word changes. The fact of the matter is, don't listen to me. Don't take my word for anything we teach on Sundays. How about you go to your word and look at those scriptures we provide. That is the proof. Have you ever heard the saying, the proof in the what? Proof in the pudding, right? That's the proof in the pudding in the scripture. And, the, and God, God is, God is warning, warning, uh, warning to, to the word to be four things in our life. And we need, we need this applied to our life so that we can properly live the Christian walk. The first thing that, that he wants the word to be in our life, he wants to make it the foundation of my life. 
How many, I, I, I don't, how many builders do we have in the room? Just wave at me right now. If you've ever worked construction or anything like that, when you get done building a house or something like that, a lot of times, especially if you, do, you pour a slab, you can't see the foundation anymore, right? You don't want that exposed. That's why you go around with the, with the landscaping and you do the pretty, the pretty stuff. Why? Because it, it, you got that, that, that gray slab kind of exposed and then, and then there's the brick and it just doesn't look so good. So what we try to do is pretty it up, put some mulch in there, cover up the foundation. But the foundation is still there. If the foundation is weak, if you live in the Woodway area, you know what I'm talking about. We almost bought a house over in Woodway, and, um, and we were pretty, pretty pumped about it. It was a beautiful place, and somebody had already put in an offer, so, so we, we didn't get a beautiful place. But then we drove around the corner, and I saw a house crumbling in in a couple of houses that have been condemned. They're like, hey, Syntex leveling, uh, 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 foundation repair couldn't even help it. I mean, these were bad situations, and I looked at my wife, and I said, Maybe God just saved us from something right here, right? It's a bad situation. If a foundation is going wrong, there's nothing to stand on. Last week we talked about Hinduism, and, and I, I'm not trying to pick on other religions, but they, they believe, and we talked about the validity of the word, and, and the, the scripture tells us that the word, uh, that, the, that the earth is suspended in what? Nothing, <laughs> right? And, and the, the, it tells us you can't count the number of stars, and, and we, we, we looked at some of that stuff. But the Hindu believe, and this is, this is kind of interesting to me, the Hindu actually believe that the earth is on an elephant's back, right, sits on an elephant's back, who is standing on a turtle's shell, who is standing on a snake that is swimming throughout whatever, and that, that's what we're put on. Now, I'm not trying to pick on Hinduism right now, but I, I just, I just, I just want to bring this up real quick. It, it's crazy how people get offended when we go to church if you talk about anything like this anymore. But if you look at Hinduism, I mean, there's so many. How many different gods is there? Like millions of different gods. And is it possible that that is a core issue within their belief system? It is almost a picture of the problem with religions around the world because they are founded on weak foundations. They're top-heavy. It all looks good, but you go down to the bottom, and I don't know about you, but if I, when I've seen an elephant step, step on a snake, it was not a good end result, right? <laughs> Anybody here ever run over a snake? It makes that funny little sound, you know? <laughs> My dad talks about it. They, they, when he had a motorcycle, they were out riding one day, and and they were riding along, and he sees something up ahead of them. And he thinks, I, you know, I, I, think that's just a, uh, I think that's just a glove in the road. You know, he get, he's getting closer, he's getting closer. And all of a sudden, last minute, as he's getting real close, he realizes, no, that's a coiled-up rattlesnake. And the rattler came up, and he went, to, he, went going, he went to going there, and they dodged around him real quick, you know. I don't want to get snake bit, right? I, th- this is something that, that is huge. Well, why are you saying that kind of stuff? Guys, if we, if we don't put our foundation in truth, we're going to end up getting snake bit. We're going to end up falling for things that are lies. There's so many lies going on right now in Christianity. It's scary. And I, I'm not trying to say oh, this is what I'm against, but, but there, there's, there's, even, there's even spirits moving in, in revivals. And, and, and I'm not trying to scare anyone, but they, they actually get their, their, their origins from the Middle East and and, and, and this is moving into the American church, and people think it's the Holy Spirit moving. And, and the more they study it, they begin to realize, that no, I, I, I'm not so sure that's the Holy Spirit moving. That may be a spirit of confusion. See, when we're not rooted and grounded on the Word, we're just living in confusion. I don't care how many, how, how, how many people, you, you see people come in and say, well, they, they start prophesying over your life, and then, and then what happens? You, you say, well, that's, I don't know if that's biblically sound. And what's the comeback? Well, you're just religious, right? No, we're founded on the word. Is anybody with me on this? I mean, this, this is huge. And some of you guys may think, well, I know that. But no, 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 no. We don't live that way. We don't live. And it sounds like I've heard this before. I hear this all the time. Then let's start acting like it, Right? Let's start acting like it. Listen to this. Matthew 7, 24 says, For everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
This is the first thing that we have got to do as Christians is accept the authority of the Word of God. If you go through Next Steps, and today we're finishing week four of Next Steps, people are joining Dream Teams. Today. All of our leaders will be in there, and they'll give a little spill on what they're doing, and, 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 and people are going to join up today. I think we have a lot of people coming out of Next Steps today, and I just want to welcome, can we put our hands together, welcome everybody coming out of Next Steps in the Dream Team. Good to have you guys plugging in. That was just a ploy to drink some water. Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, anyway, wasn't funny. We have to, we actually learn about that in Next Steps, that, that we have to accept the authority of the Word of God. It's a done deal. Just God, it is what it is. I accept it. I don't argue with it. But we have a problem accepting it, and there, there's a couple of reasons why, and we're going to look at those real quick. And there's four reasons why we have, a tr- we have a hard time making the Word of God the foundation of my life. The first thing is popular culture. How many people have seen that popular culture, if, if I'm a millennial, so I can pick on millennials right now, right? If you're a millennial, it's kind of like, man, I don't think God is like into doctrine and stuff, man. You know, all that, all that theology stuff you guys talk about, I don't think God cares about it. The Bible says it's there for reproof and for rebuke and for doctrinal teaching and for correction. I just don't believe that, though. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to stand. And it's not just millennials. I, I want to. I'm not just picking on millennials to, to to all the Generation Xers and baby boomers in the room. You raised them, right? You raised us. What happened? So we always pick on millennials. Well, hey, you know, what does the Bible say? Raise up child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, what? They should not depart from it. So I'm speaking right now, not just to millennials right now, I'm speaking to those of us who know all of this stuff, you've heard all of this stuff before, but we don't practice it. Listen to this, Exodus 23 and 2 says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. And you start looking back into the Old Testament, you start seeing some things, especially in Judges, and, and you start seeing that they were in a time where, where they, they didn't have a king, they didn't have any rulers, and, and it, was, it was a pretty rough time. There was no one to lead them and guide them, and, and they started getting sideways. You can go read through Judges and see what happened, but, I mean, Israel got sideways, okay, uh, much like the American church does many, many times. But, but what you see there in the passage of Scripture is God loves us enough to reprove us and to rebuke us. When I read something in scripture that doesn't go along with popular culture, do I need to fit it into popular culture? Or do I need to look at popular culture through the lenses of the scripture? That's the question. The second thing that, 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 that gives us trouble for uh, making the foundation of our life is traditions. Now, so, so everybody that thought, man, why are you just picking on all the young people again? No, we pick, we're going to go on into traditions. There's nothing wrong with traditions. I, I think traditions are great. Anybody here ever played sports at a place that was traditionally a good, good sports deal? I mean, there, there's something about being involved in tradition and, and being a part of something that's bigger than you that is awesome. And it can be done right. And there, there's, there's good traditions to, to hold on to. But when tradition becomes more important than what the Word says... We've gotten out of balance. Listen to this. This is what it says right here in Mark 7 and 8. It says, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. You know what I see in Scripture? Jesus, when it comes to sinners, Jesus, Jesus didn't beat up sinners. He, he didn't run around throw, throwing the axe at sinners, right? He didn't run around just, just beating up. I mean, could you imagine if Jesus approached sinners the way a lot of church people approach sinners? We'd all be lost right now, right? Jesus' approach to sinners was love, right? It was mercy. But in many times in scriptures, you see who is it that he gets sideways with? Religious people. People who made their traditions more important than scriptures. And we see this happen so often. And, and we try to do things. We say, well, well we're going to change things. And we're, we're gonna, we, 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 need to, we need to reach this, 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 uh, this era or or th- this culture, and what ends up happening is we, we, we get so traditional sometimes we say, well, well no, that's, that's, something ain't right about that. Well, what's not right about it? Well, I, at the end of that, I just, I really don't like it. It's not my preference. 
And I, I love how I've heard people talk about this in, in shouting churches before, and they say, well, well, something, this new music you guys are doing, all that, that, that guitar stuff and all that junk, right? I'm, I'm not, so you got rock and roll in the church, right? Do y'all know that everybody pitched a fit when they first brought in organs in the church? Do y'all know everybody pitched a fit when they first brought in, brought in pianos? And, and I would like to remind you that stringed instruments are actually spoken of in the Bible, and God tells us to play those stringed instruments to him. He likes them. I, 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 I got news for you. All these guys running around on stages singing horrible things and, and, and living, living a worldly life, I believe God gave them that talent because he wanted them to give it to him. And I think he, I think, I think he looks at it and he says, man, I sure do wish you'd give it. That, that's awesome. I, I like music. I created music. Do you realize that we always get this idea that Satan created music? No, he didn't. God created music. And then we get so mad sometimes when we get, we, and I don't mean to just harp on music, but, but this is just this is kind of, I'm, I'm picking the low-hanging fruit this morning. But so many times our tradition says, I don't like that because it, it doesn't make me. It doesn't, it doesn't do for me what I want it to do. And I would ask you, have you moved forward in your relationship with God? Are you living in what God is doing right now? Are you stuck in what God did in the past? That's tradition that changes those things. Listen to this. The, the third thing is reason. This is one of the biggest problems uh, uh, why we can't make the, make the word our foundation. Proverbs 16, 24, 25 says, there is a way that seems right to man, right? But in the end, it leads to death. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I believe, keep that scripture up there for me. I believe that reason was given to us by God, right? God is a very intelligent being, obviously. I don't think he wants us to walk around with a, with a, with a mindset of just daily, like, you know, someone asks you a question, you say, well, reason's sinful, so I can't reason, you know. I just got to go with it, right? No, God gave us the ability to reason, reason and gave us, he gave us logic. But what happens is that is something that is of the flesh and we begin to worship reason over the truth of God. And this happens so often, I can prove it to you, when, when, people, when people sit around and say, you know, we've been, we've been thinking, I see all these reformations of the church, and different. And there's like a reformation of something every two years or something in a, in a city, and you'll see those churches that, that well, well we, we, we did this, but God has shown us a new vision. And it goes beyond the scripture. Now it goes beyond. What are you talking about? Well, see, we've been thinking. We got together and we've been thinking. I'm not so sure God had it all right in there. I've literally heard this. I'm not so sure that, that, that he was right in doing what he did there. And what happens is this kind of goes back to that, to that, that popular society or what's, what's popular uh, social environments. But we get to where we allow the outside to explain away God, or to explain God down to our level. I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God who's as dumb as I am. Well, God said, explain God to me. You know, can you explain and prove his existence with a better explanation? Uh, you know, if I could explain him to you in my weak ability to reason, Without using it, because they were, you know, let's do it without scripture. I said, I, I, I don't think he would be very godly, would he? You see, we serve a God that is beyond us. He's calling us to transcend the human condition of sin and to live a, a holy life that is like him. That's why it's called being Christ-like. That's why righteousness is called being Christ-like is because he's called us to follow in his example. Now listen to this for a second. I'm going to read that one more time. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. How many things in your life are things that you have decided, I've just decided I view it this way? When I read a scripture to someone, I think I may have said this last week, but uh, just for sake of, you know, just, just shut up and listen. No, I'm just kidding. But one of the biggest things that's funny to me is when someone says, what is, your, what is your opinion about this passage of Scripture? I said, well, it says, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. 
Well, what do you think about it, though? Well, it says, <laughs> this is what it says. Jesus said, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, but, but you know, that, that's, that's good, but what do you say? I can't judge your life, man. People say, you think these people are saved? You think that person? It's not my place. I didn't die for you, so I can't judge whether or not a person is right or wrong. That's God's place, and we're going to be judged on what? We're going to be judged on the Word of God. So all we can do is just say what the Word says. You say, well, what's your stance on it? I stand on the Word of God. Yeah, but, you know, what does that mean? It means I stand on the Word of God. When we make up in our mind the Word of God is true and every man is a liar, we can begin to live a true Christian life. I believe that God wants to free us from the bondage of, of, of how we human, we've humanized God and we try, to, we try to explain away scriptures. God wants to free us to a place where we just get to a place where we're just like, you know what, God? I just love you. I see what you've done in my life. I follow you. I trust you. And you know what? I, 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 I might not understand that so well, but I believe in time you're going to show it to me. I just trust you, God. Whatever you say, I'm with you. Let's do it. That's the kind of mindset we have to move forward with. And the last one this morning is, is feelings. We have the tendency to, we let our feelings lead us more. Well, I don't feel that way, right? And, and it happens in church on Sundays when we try to worship. And we get up here and we're like, come on, let's worship God, right? And people are like, I just don't feel up to it, right? How many times have you had someone, raise your hand if you ever had someone walk up to you and tell you, I feel that God wants you to know. da 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 da, -da. And that's about what it sounded like when they said it. So I feel, God wants you to know, wah, 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 because you just went, click. <laughs> well, why do you do that, Chris? Because I know those people never, never crack their word. <laughs> we all seek after things, especially in the movements like ours, where we want to have prophecy. We want to have prophetic things, and we want to see all these things happen. But people chase after those things, but they're not rooted and grounded in the word of God so they end up following things that are completely wacky, right? I don't know about y'all, but I've seen some wacky stuff. I've been in the room with some wacky stuff before, and I just stood. My wife was there. Some, some of you guys may, may know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are in youth. But we've been in situations before, and somebody invite your youth group to something, and you'd go to something with your youth group, and they told you, oh, yeah, man, we're of like faith and everything. You get there. About 10 minutes in, you're sitting here. I, I'm raised Pentecostal, so I've seen some white or some, some pretty wild stuff, right? I, I'm still, I tell you, I'm still Pentecostal, really, but, but I've seen some wild stuff, right? And when I get in that, some environments, I'm sitting there going, everybody just slowly start backing up, right? I think we can make it out of here alive. We're going to be all right. <laughs> just leave, crank the car, and make a run for it, right? Been in some wacky situations. Why? Because those people are not rooted and grounded on the Word of God. Listen to this. this, is, this is, and, and so many people, when they hear this, the first thing they say, that's religious of you. No, that's Christian. That, that's actually being Christ-like, a follower of Christ when I apply his Word and believe his Word in my life. Listen to this. In Judges 21, 25, it says, at that time where I was no king in Israel, people did whatever they, what? Now, this is in the message version, so this is a paraphrase of Scripture, but that, that's what it said. When you look it up, that's basically what it said. People did whatever they felt like doing. That's that, that and, 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 and really, it's been this way for years. It's been this way throughout every generation. It's not just the millennial generation or the, I, you know, we keep talking about millennials, but some of you guys in this room are not millennials. You're, anybody heard of Generation Z yet? We have no clue how that's going to turn out. We're just sitting back going, oh, God. No, okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I, I'm actually excited about Generation Z. There's, some, there's actually some people who have kind of started grounding back in Generation Z because they've looked at my generation and went, y'all are the biggest idiots on the planet. Let's, let's fix this, right? <laughs> let's make this better. And, but what we do, we, we always blame this culture. We blame th this generation of it. Or we blame that. But the fact of the matter is, People have done this for years. They go on their feelings rather than truth. And this brings to our second thing moving on in, in, in what, what God wants to make the word in life. He wants to make the first part 
of my day. He wants to make it the first part of my daily life. You all know in the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, they actually walked with God in the what? cool of the day. When is that? I don't know about y'all, but when you get up in the mornings, even in summertime in Texas, sometimes it's cold, right? That's, that's where the old saying comes from. If you don't like the weather, hang on a minute. This is Texas. It'll change pretty quick. Yesterday morning was like that. Got up, it was cold. I put my jacket on. I was here at the church working for a while. I put my jacket on, walked outside, and it was hot. I was, what in the world happened in this place? This is nuts. It's like the Truman experiment. I'm in a dome, and people are just changing the, the atmosphere. But listen to this for a second. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first his kingdom, right, and his righteousness, and all these things. What does it say? Will be given to you. When I seek the word, when I, when I seek his righteousness, his truth first in my life, there's other things that, I, that I'm desiring, and that, I, that God sees the desires of my heart, and he'll actually give these things to me. And how do, well, Chris, how, how do I apply this? And this, this is where we're going to come up with this concept, and I want to help some people as you leave today, or, or I should say we, I'm totally using his notes today, right? But listen to this. The first 15 concept needs to be applied to our lives, if nothing else. And you say, well, Chris, I like to pray three hours every morning and get in my word and half sip my coffee. You, hey, that is awesome, all right? Um, we'll see you later in the day, all right? I, I don't like to get up, you know, four hours before the sun rises. I'm not, <laughs> some people do that. And you know what? That, that's a, a lot of gifting is in that. And there's some people who are called to that. And that's the kind of, and those are the kind of people who, who really are, are foundational people in churches. But if you're here today and you're saying, you say, man, I, Chris, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do a bunch, of, a bunch of Bible reading. Well, I just want to challenge you to do this one thing. Try this out. See how it works out. Instead of getting, getting caught up in, well, i got to read this, this many chapters and I have to do this. You know what? It'd be, it'd be better for you to read one sentence a day in the Bible than to continue on not reading the Bible. It would actually do you better to read one, one sentence or one scripture in the Word and let that marinate all day long and think about that and let it apply to your life because I believe it'll change your life. Just like we say here, if, you, if you're new here, give us one year of your life. Just commit to commit and, and be here. Plug in. And I guarantee you God will change your life. Just buy in full-heartedly. I believe God's going to change your life. Listen to this. And this is how we do the first 15. It's broken up in three parts. The first is five minutes in the Word. Right? And this is in your notes. And Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light what? to my path. See, a lot of people are asking for answers from God, and, and God's like, I got 66 books of answers. Read it. Right? You know, I've always noticed when God moves on my heart about something, there's usually a, a scripture attached to it. That's how I usually know, no, oh, that's, that's definitely a God thing, right? Definitely a God thing. And the second thing that we want to do is, is five minutes in worship. You ever just get riding down the road and, and you're mad about issues and stuff's been happening in your life and, and, and that, that right worship song comes on and you just melt into your seat. Anybody ever been there before? Just met, just worship God and it's just like, God, thank you for that right there. I needed that. So this is the beauty of worship is that's worshiping God in, 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 in truth, reading his word. And then spirit or spirit and truth. Because when we worship God, it entertains his presence. And he actually begins that he comes down and actually communes with us in, in relationship. This is, this is that, that concept is powerful to worship and to bring him down. I like what one guy said. He said a lot of us are seeking God's hands because we want him to do a bunch of stuff. But if you'll just seek his face, you'll always have his hands Focus on seeking God. And the, ne the next five minutes is the five minutes in prayer. And I want to go back to the worshiper there. Psalms 34.1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my what? Lips. I need to open my mouth. I used to tell kids all the time. They'd pray and they'd be on the altar. And they want to get something from God and they're praying and, and they're doing this. Amen. Did you open your mouth? Dude, that, that is awesome. 
I'm so proud of you right now. Hey, why don't you just like talk to Jesus for a second? Okay. They start talking. Why? Because the wise, as the wisest man said, the power of life and death lies in the tongue. When I begin to worship God, I begin to speak things into the atmosphere. I begin to declare who he is in all my problems, all the things ahead of me. I like, you know what I like to worship for? Because I know when I'm worshiping, that, 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 that word is going out, right? And everything, all those traps that Satan has put in front of me, God's just going before me. Just not, if you ever seen somebody walk through and, and, and do a bunch of rat traps, they just drop something in them, just going before, just, just, just setting off all the traps. I got you. I got you. Right? I'm taking care of you. If you like me, I, I, we, we, we had a mouse the other day at, at home, and uh, so I set out these two traps, right? One trap he ate all the cheese off of, and the other one, I heard it in the middle of the night, I heard the thump, pow, and I was like, oh, got him. Went in there. No, no, no. Uh, something fell out of the closet rack onto the trap and set it off, right? It's got to be, you know what? I think, that, I think that mouse knows Jesus, for real. That's Mickey Mouse. That's got to be Mickey Mouse, because Mickey Mouse had to know Jesus, right? <laughs> Listen to this for a second. That brings us to a third thing, third part of that 15 minutes. Five minutes in prayer, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and, and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends, everybody say transcends. You see what happens when we get in the Word and we worship God in spirit and truth that transcends natural things. So you think, it's impossible for this to work out. Well, I, I put myself in God. It transcends that, Right? It transcends all understanding, and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, prayer is where it's at. Today, we're ending 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I think that's why some of you guys are looking at me right now saying, Would you just shut up, dude? Because I'm about to go eight, right? You know. Some of you broke last night. I, I have to admit, I broke last night to wing stop. And that's what I thought about Wingstop for three weeks and, and tore up some Wingstop. But prayer and fasting is where life begins to change. That's where God's word begins to move into my life and revelation begins to happen in the flesh that I fight. Begins to, God begins to work on that flesh and that, that human spirit and changes things. And I become a true Christ-like follower of Jesus. The third thing God's trying to do, he's trying to make, make it grow deeper with the word. He's trying to make it grow deeper in my life. You can, see, you can see Colossians 3 and 16 on that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. What does it say? Richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, I, 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 got, I, I got something here, and I, I just, I, I wanted, Lane's going to bring up something as I'm getting ready to close today. And, and I'm going to show you something. I'm going to challenge, I'm going to ask you a question today. And this is kind of a test of, of your heart, where you're at today. What are we devoting our lives to? What are we putting into our lives? Because whatever I spend time on, it's going to affect me. Whatever I spend the most time with, it's going to begin to become who I am. I don't know about y'all, but, but we live in Texas, and there's a, we like sports in Texas, right? I don't mean to pick on anybody. I'm, I'm sure when my girls get older, I'm probably going to turn into a nut job for it. But when I was in high school, my dad was, you could hear him. I remember playing in, in games, and we had thousands of people in playoff games. Thousands of people. The place would be so loud, it's insane. I could still hear my dad. Come on, boy. <laughs> how is that even possible? Dad, how'd you get a sideline pass? Well, I pray for y'all before the game. They gave me a sideline pass. He was serious. He was like, you down there with it, baby. We're going to win. We're going to win in Jesus' name. God, can you show us a little favor here? You know, We got pretty serious about it, but my, my dad's deal was, he said, oh, I might act a nut at a football game, but when I get to church on Sunday morning, like David, I'm going to get more undignified than this, right? I'm going to give God more. But, but here's what, I, what I've seen is so many people will completely just give all their time to their kids' lives through sports. And we all know the saying, and, 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 and not just sports, and, and, and music, and, and so many different things. And these parents become, uh, there's this guy, 
there's this guy on Facebook, y'all may have seen him before, and he does uh, all, the, all the baseball mom videos. And he's like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. I love you. Hey, little boy, you better act right. I know you, mama. I'm going to tell her what you just did if you don't act right. She told me I could whip you, and you're going to get one if you don't act right. Right? Y'all seen those? A couple, there's a couple men in here just looked at their wife and went, I think it's you, actually. Right? Oh, my Lord, the baseball mom. Right? It's a little different than the soccer moms. With our American sports, we get a little wild. But, but so many people, we, 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 just, we, just, we just plant ourselves in things that really, at the end of the day, it matters in the sense of the, the character we're teaching our kids, and that's great. But, but when it comes to my soul, I ask the question, does it matter? What I put my time into. Am I, am I taking my kids and planting them in church as much as I'm planting them in all these other things? i never forget one of our boys' senior year. He played, uh, he played at McGregor. And they went pretty deep in, in the playoffs, and we were going to games, and, and we got to one, and, and, and uh, we just so happened to, they, they got beat out that night. I, I was, my heart was hurting for them, because I've been there, done it, went deep in the playoffs, and know that feeling to get beat, and man, I felt bad for him. I was like, man, you know, he's, he's, probably, he's probably down a little bit. Well, we, we just so happened to bump into him, to, their, to their, the team bus. In, in a Whataburger, I think down in Giddings, Texas. And so he comes over to the seat, sits down and, with us, and he's like, oh, man, you know, what, are the, what are the odds? And, and he, he actually played in a worship band, and good kid. And, and I'll never forget, I said, man, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you lost. I know it's tough. It, it hurts. But you know what, son? It's going to come up tomorrow, bro. You're going to be all right. And he looked at me and smiled. He said, dude, I don't even care. I said, what? He said, no, I wanted to win the state championship, but Man, I'm so excited about what we're doing in youth. I mean, that, that mom, mom's here today, and I just want to say something. Train up a child the way they, they, they should go. And when they grow old, it didn't say they won't stray. It says when they grow old, they won't depart. You know who you are, and I hope you receive that word. But that kid had plugged in so much. God had changed things in his life. His desires had changed. He said, I want to be a part of what God's doing in the kingdom. More than I'm worried about this stuff, this stuff's fine and dandy. But he began to, God opened his eyes and he began to dream for the kingdom. What if our kids begin to dream for the kingdom? How could it completely change the future? Mom, Dad, it's up to us. So, so, so this morning I ask, and, and, and you know, we can look at the scriptures. Hey, you know what? Get you a Bible you like. You might like Message Bible. Get you one. Read it like that. It's, it's a good, it's a fun read. Instead of saying the these and thous, and, you know, because Jesus must have been British. because it was. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But anyways, a lot of us think, well, why is it every, you know, you look at a certain era uh, of movies, and all of them were like, Jesus is like, thou hast comest unto thee, Father. Interesting. Huh. Cool. I, I like the new versions because it, it's like it's totally different. It, it has really no accent because the fact of the matter is, and people don't like to hear this, but he, he probably had more in common in looks-wise and, and the way everything went with, with Osama bin Laden. And some people are like, oh, Chris, I can't believe you'd say that. Well, he's from the Middle East, right? And that, that's what, but, but it's interesting how we do that. But, but get you a, a passage, get you a Bible. Kind of, We're reading out of NIV today. We teach out of that sometimes because it's easier to understand. In Message Bible is really fun also. If you've ever read the Message Bible, it says like, you know, stuff like, hey, dude, take up my, your, your cross and follow me, man. God's going to totally change your life, right? <laughs> and some guy was like, uh, I like this dude, Jesus, right? <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's, if it's what it took, reached him, right? <laughs> And that's the whole point. The, the, writer, the writer of the Message Bible said I, I, it was a paraphrase to reach this generation. But you get into get a study Bible. We need an actual paper Bible. Now, a lot of us don't even have a paper Bible anymore. I, I like my paper Bible, man, because it feels good. It's got that leather. And it, just feels like, it just feels like righteousness in your hand every time you hold it. You smell the pages. And they, it smells like a library. And Now read it, though, okay, (laughs) you know, 
actually open it and read it. And, and I recommend, hey, hey, get, get passages that are trusted. They're, 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 they're word-for-word versions, King James, New King James Version. They try to stay close to word-for-word. Those are great study Bibles for people because you get, you get there, there's, some, there's some paraphrase in some other versions. And the last thing is get in a small group, guys. You know why? The passage of Scripture says iron sharpens iron. When I start reading my words, sometimes I might get wacky in some stuff. And my, my interpretation might be, like, what, huh? And he said, well, Chris, in the Old Testament right there, it said slaughter every man-child. So, Chris, I think we're supposed to start doing it if they're not believers. You know, no, no, that, uh, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. That's not, <laughs> read the whole thing, okay? <laughs> That's why you need a small group to help you, help you, help you lead and guide you. Bro, you can come on with it. He's waiting on me to tell him everything. I want to I do, I want to show you something this morning. And this is huge. I don't know about y'all, but some, some people really like tea, right? Why, why am I talking about this stuff? Why am I trying to give you some, give you some stuff to help you out a little bit if you're, if you're a new believer? Whatever we put ourselves into or whatever we put into our life, it's going to begin to completely affect us. It's going to change who we are. It's going to change our identity. We're going to begin to look like it. When I was a younger preacher, there were certain preachers I watched and every week, I preached completely different. I'm pretty, I'm still a young preacher, but anyways. Uh, every week, I, I would preach differently than the week before. And I, I used to wonder sometimes, I wonder if people are sitting there like, are these impressions or, you know, like, what's going on? Well, because what you submerge yourself into, and you know what, there's actually nothing wrong with submerging yourself into preaching and teaching there's nothing wrong with that. You'll, you'll find who you are in the kingdom. God will give you your purpose and show you the way. It's going to begin to wear off on you. But when I start putting stuff in my life, it begins to affect my life. It begins to change things. And right there, that when we come in and, and we come into the church, we're pure. God washes us. We get baptized and he cleanses us of our sins, right? We get filled with his spirit and we feel like a brand new creature. And they say it's about six months before people start, they start losing the excitement. Well, why? Because... Because after they, they we, we don't take the stuff out of our life that was dirtying it up. And after a little while, it just keeps, we just dip in. And something, we pull it out on Sunday, right? And we dip it back in on Monday. And we pull it back out on Sunday. And we dip it back in on Monday. Anybody here like iced tea? I don't know if you see my point right there. Whatever we put in our lives the most it's going to begin to affect our lives. Our musicians come this morning. And this is the fourth thing. Bring us out, bro. I don't know if y'all realize it. Some of you guys might be new believers in the room. You may not realize the Bible is actually referred to as a sword in my hand. What does the Bible say? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What do you mean? It means when I pick up my word and I know my word and I begin to pray and audibly speak things into the atmosphere from my word, it's like walking out like, I don't know if y'all recognize this sword. Anybody recognize it? It's a William Wallace sword, right? It's like, it's like a sword-wielding maniac stepping out into an evil world and just swinging away, Right? That's the power in the Word of God. They, they choose to use, this is Ephesians 6, 13 and 17. says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand what? Your ground. What did I say earlier on? Let's start standing for things and quit focusing on standing against things. Know my word so I can stand for the word, right? Listen to this. He says, take the sword of the Spirit. You see, when you begin to mix the Spirit in, and God begins, which is the what? Word of God. When you mix in that Spirit and the truth, you become like the, 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 the baddest spiritual warrior. That there's a, Chris, I don't, know, I don't know if God, I don't know, I don't know if I can be that way. I see people who are really, they're prayer warriors. They say, no, you can. I told pastor this year in, in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'm wrapping up. I know we've taken a little time this morning, but I told him, I said, you know, it's actually a lot easier to get to Jesus than we realize sometimes. All you got to do is fast for a little while. And all of a sudden you start going, God, 
I'm hungry. <laughs> but your word says, I cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. God, I need you to feed me right now. And what will happen is, I'm paraphrasing many scriptures together right now, what will happen is his spirit begin to move in your life. He'll come down. What's the beauty of Jesus? That he steps down off his throne into our filth and says, I'll give myself for you. I'll mediate for you. It's quite easy if we're just willing to take the step. It's not as hard. We make it, oh, it's hard. No, it's not. God, God is right here. He's right there. Listen to this. Ephesians 6 and 17 says, God's word is an indisp indispensable what? weapon. In Matthew 4, 3 through 4, it says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God. Now, this is, this is Jesus. Well, what, what do you mean by it being a sword, Chris? This is Jesus when, he, when he's fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. The tempter, the devil comes to him. He says, If you really are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread so that you can eat. And what does it say right there? And this is why we need to memorize Scripture. That's why we need to memorize some scriptures. Because Jesus, even Jesus, looked at and said, for it is written, get thee behind me, Satan. See, when you know the word and you can quote the word into switch situations, there's power in the word. Why? Because it's literally the word of God. It is inspired. And we talked about that in this series. It is inspired by the spirit of God as we stand all over the room this morning. Psalms 119, 9 through 11, reads like this. It says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can a young person, for all you young guys and the younger people in the room, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? And it says, by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. As we close our eyes all over the room this morning, I wonder as we end this series, and we did it on purpose, it's the first series of the year, because we will be rooted and grounded in the Word of God here. I wonder if someone right now said, God, I commit first and foremost, to your truth. I believe your truth. Maybe there's somebody here today and you've never given your life to God and you say, this morning, I, you know what, I, I think I, I, take your, I take the words, I take God's word for it. I believe Jesus who he says he is. And right now, I just, I want to start fresh right now. If you're that person, I wonder, with no one looking around, if you can just lift a hand up right now. Come on, that's beautiful. There's some people here some repentance today. Beautiful. I, I take his word for it. I believe him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. And here, I wonder if we can all just lift our hands up right now. And here's what the rest of us are going to repent to. God, forgive us for hearing your word and not being doers of your word. Instead, this morning, I just pray, God, that we could feel your spirit. We could feel that unction of your power, God. In Jesus' name, right now, God, we all repent. Some for the first time today. Some are coming back to you today and they're, 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 they're fresh. They're starting fresh today. But all of us as an entire church right now, God, we ask your forgiveness, God, for being hearers only and not doers of your word. And God, we commit coming out of this fasting, God, coming out of this series. We commit our lives. The year of 2017, we will be rooted. We will be founded and we will be grounded in your word. God, I don't care, God, what the world says around me. Right now, I believe your word, Jesus. I believe your word. If you're that person that says, right now, for the first time, I'm, or, 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 I'm just coming back to fresh start. I'm renewing right now. I'm, you just pray to him right now and say, God, forgive me for stepping away in unrighteousness. God, forgive me for stepping away in unrighteousness, but God, bring me into full truth, God. I want to be into, in relationship with you, God. I want to know you, God. Come, God. 
Come, God, and be with me, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want us to do right now. I wonder if we could, if you need to leave, we understand. But I wonder for about five minutes if everyone could just clear out right now. Just clear out of our seats right now, all over the room right now. Come into this place of altar. We're ending 21 days of fasting today. 21 days of praying every day here at the church. Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Here's what we're going to begin to do right now. We've been having focused prayer here, and we've been, we've been praying over some things. If you need to go, we completely understand. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. But we're going to do something to end this day. We're going to do something to end this day a little differently. We're going to focus pray together, and we're going to do it quicker than we've been doing in those focused prayers. But we're going to do it as an entire church right now. Y'all with me? We're going to declare some things into this year. We're going to declare some things into our lives. And it's going to be based on the four things we do here. The love God, love people, right? Discover my purpose and making a difference. We're going to pray from those areas. And here's what I want you to do. Just, if nothing else, as I pray these things, I wonder if you can just pray it for yourself. And if you don't know what to say, just say, in G- if you say, man, I'm new to church. I don't know how to do all this stuff. Just say, in Jesus' name, I agree. I agree in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. God, we love you, God. And we come together as a church right now to show you, God, that we're committed to you, God. We're committed to your kingdom, God. I pray that you would let us come to know you in a deeper relationship, Jesus, so that we will be prepared for your kingdom to invade our lives, for your kingdom to invade our city, God, for your kingdom to invade our nation, God, for your kingdom to invade the church body, all over the world, God. And God, I just pray that you would help our leadership here, all the people who are in leadership post here, that you would help us, God, lead in God in your perfect will, Lord. And I just pray right now that you would revive our church to your will. Let your word, God, be the foundation of everything we do here. In Jesus' name. And your, your power through your Holy Spirit, God. Let it rest in this place, God.